0: This is the Village Church Q&A Podcast,
1: where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
0: Happy Thursday. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A Podcast. Pastor Michael here, and in the studio is my lovely wife, Brianne Fueling, and she's going to be talking about answering questions that really pertain to counseling. And uh, so the question today is very insightful, very challenging. I am very excited to talk about this with you, and the question is about dementia, and it goes like this. Are there any scriptures that speak to Christians who get dementia? And then it goes on and says, is there a spiritual connection that gives them peace as their mind deteriorates? I mean, you and I have had experience with people um, in and around our lives with dementia, Mm -hmm. and for those who are navigating that. It's incredibly difficult. Um, You almost have to go through a, a very different kind of grieving process as you lose your usually mom or dad or grandma and grandpa. How would you speak to this person's question?
1: There's so much compassion in my heart towards this question. And in some ways it's a daunting question to even ask because I think the topic of dementia is very daunting. It's something as you alluded to that has hit home for us on both sides of our family and has been really sad and hard to watch, even though we've watched it from afar. And so I just want to start by making sure all of our minds are on the same page as what we're talking about when we're talking about dementia. Statistics remind us that one in three older adults will die with Alzheimer's or another dementia, and that as many as 16 million Americans will have Alzheimer's by the year 2050. And so I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Dementia is not a specific disease, but it is an umbrella term that we use to describe a wide range of symptoms that associates with a decline in memory that interrupts the function of your everyday life.
0: And it's progressive in nature.
1: Absolutely, declining memory and our thinking skills, and also our ability to perform everyday activities. Alzheimer's specifically accounts for 60 to 80% of those with dementia and in those statistics that we mentioned before, Mm. but it is a very widespread reality that we have to figure out how to deal with biblically and how to comfort and how to bring comfort to that suffering. Mm. And so, when I look at dementia, that's kind of exactly what I see it as. It is suffering. It rips my heart to pieces to see people who have lived a life well for Jesus mm. suffer from dementia and this neurological condition towards the end of their life when they want nothing more than to leave a legacy and to make that a strong ending, mm. but yet this comes in and interrupts into their lives. Yeah. And so, Oftentimes, people with dementia in the midst of the suffering, they become a lot more violent and they become hypersexual. Their impulse control wanes and they tend to flip flop in their emotions back from being angry to happy. Some people get way nicer, but that is rare. A lot of people get a lot more violent, testy, irritable in the dementia.
0: I've been asked a few times, like, so somebody has dementia and things come out of them. Things that typically would not normally mm-hmm. come out of the person, you know, and mm-hmm. so the question is, were these things in there the whole time and they were hiding them? And and I think one of the fundamental things that people need to understand is that it's never that easy. Like, nope. there's a whole bunch of yuck in everybody. In fact, a huge form of godliness is okay. You might be an angry person, but you exercise self control. Like that's a that's an incredible asset to have. Everybody's got issues, you know. Uh, everybody on the planet has some version of sexual immorality in them. Nobody's perfectly pure, whether it's mm-hmm. asceticism or hedonism or whatever, you know. And so what's so hard about it is that some people would say oh no this is who they really are mm-hmm. that's a not proven nor fair and when the brain starts deteriorating mm-hmm. that's not necessarily bringing you back in it's not like a, a Benjamin button where like things rewind you know like it's actually changing who you fundamentally are because mm-hmm. you're deteriorating and some people I, I think have experienced a lot of unnecessary pain by attributing their the behavior and dementia As just a hidden aspect of who they are, which I do not think that 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 is fair nor proven, um, nor would I want my legacy to be determined by what I am or am not doing in a season where I have no capacity for self-control or self-awareness or remembrance of who I am. And I just think that's a huge misnomer about the whole thing.
1: The brain becomes so disordered and chaotic Mm -hmm. that even for researchers to be able to look inside there and understand what's going on, dementia is by and large... A mystery as to what exactly is happening. We have ideas, especially with Alzheimer's, where it starts, how it progresses in the brain, how it travels around. But at the same time, no one case is exactly like the next case. Yeah. There are many themes and many aspects that are true for many people, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. And it overall is just chaotic and disordered. And I think that leads us to understand, too, that God, all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, is so clear that he has a very special concern for those who are vulnerable. And I think that people with dementia really fall into that category. God longs for his people to be cared for well and to know his presence in the midst of their vulnerability. And I think that that is just a huge aspect that we get to rest in is that in this vulnerability of our minds not working well that he cares for us
0: so let's say um somebody you love has dementia and they have rejected Jesus their whole life and yet in the process of their dementia they end up trusting in Christ is that something that's plausible and is that something where god allows it to happen to break mm-hmm. down even some of the hard hearted parts of their mind To bring them to a place, you know, I mean, there there are interesting ideas like this that that float out there. And, and I know one circumstance where somebody trusted in Jesus and and, in the process of dementia. And Mm -hmm. I've often wondered, like, if that is plausible, but even bigger than that in dementia, what does it look like for somebody who their whole life has been faithful to Jesus and then gets all these crazy thoughts in their brains about reality. Is the Spirit of God left them? Like, how does that actually work? What does it look like that the Spirit of God is going to be with them and walk with them in this process when their brain is not even remotely functioning normally?
1: One of the greatest resources that I found, and actually one of the only resources that I found to bolster my thinking around this subject, was a book by Dr. Benjamin Mass called, well, this was an article called Remembering the Power of the Gospel in Alzheimer's. Hmm. And he seems to be the leading Christian psychologist who's also an elder in his church and definitely has a shepherd's heart on this subject. And he said that not even the diseases ravages can separate us from God's grace and love. We don't really know what turning to him looks like in deep dementia, but we can know that God doesn't require that we have the bright words. He looks at what is within the heart. Mm. We may never know how the person hears him, whether as a still small voice or a gentle whisper deep within or as a bright blinding light. Some mysteries will never be solved before we reach heaven and meet him face to face. Mm. But while we wait, God asks us to remember that his promises and his presence so that we can experience his peace that surpasses
0: all understanding. So I think it's fair to say the Bible does not address dementia, but it does give a set of parameters that let's be pithy. Once saved, always saved. And despite what happens neurologically in your mind, that does not change the spirit's presence or or security. Mm -hmm. I think that's just a huge thing to understand that no matter what happens once the brain starts to deteriorate, Mm -hmm. who they were prior to that is what is secure. Mm -hmm. And I think those are just some principles that anybody navigating family members or friends who have dementia just have to hold on to Mm -hmm. that. The way I think about it is that – once the process begins, most people start grieving the loss of their loved yes. ones. And oftentimes it's your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. And, and so you start getting to know actually a new person. They start having habits and tendencies and interests and and patterns that are not consistent with the person you knew. And so my brain, I, I guess is the way I process is it is once this process gets to a certain point point, you, know, you say, no, that person is gone. This is a new person. Now that that person's soul may be there, and I'm going to love them as if they're my grandma and grandpa, but, or my mom and dad, but like fundamentally, that person is not totally there anymore. And there does get to a point where they're almost seemingly a whole new person and usually more childish. And that's why around. we get
1: to see the power of brain, brain chemistry, brain function, synapses in any given human's functioning and how when the brain actually physically is deteriorating and breaking down in the way that it processes, how that really challenges our concept of personhood. Is a person the way that their brain functions or is a person much deeper and much more holistic in their soul and who that is? Mm. And so if we look at, I think, a biblical worldview personhood that all connects together, but at the same time, like their heart, their soul, that's hid with Christ on high. That line goes through my mind again and again when we talk about dementia, Mm. is that the Lord has their soul, he has their heart, Mm -hmm. he rejoices over them with singing, and yet what we are witnessing on the outside is a breakdown of brain chemicals, brain tissue, synapses that are going through different paths than they've ever gone before, Mm. we still have to care for that person because their body is so, so precious. And those moments of clarity when the person that we know seems to come back, Mm. those are still so precious. And we have committed to this person to to love them and to care for them. But at the same time, there's so much chaos and so much disorder in the way that that comes across for the caregivers in those moments. It's hard to sort through.
0: I think one of the things you're hitting in the head here, which is really important is that the body may not always be able to manifest the reality of a person's soul. So if you're in a coma, the body has limitations that prevent the fullness of who someone is to Mm -hmm. be expressed and revealed physically and uh, a coma, whether it's coma or whether it is, um dementia or Alzheimer's, or whether it's death where the body has zero ability to express the capacity of the soul. Mm-hmm. These are all just different levels of the same reality. The body has massive limitations. And the older mm-hmm. you get, or sometimes depending on the disease that overtakes your body, the body's capacity to express the full reality of personhood um, is mitigated. and mm-hmm. and that's I think part of the way that we have to understand the the body, um, is a physical tangible expression of something much deeper and much more real. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know if the body dies, the soul fully conscious um, goes to be in the presence of God and without those limitations of the body, the soul is able to be freely who it is. And so part of what we have to understand is when we understand the connection between body and soul that yes, my my soul is hid with Christ. Mm-hmm. it is protected, it is secure. and my body, inhibits my soul from doing all that God desires it to do mm-hmm. at every point in my life. Right. Especially no matter dementia, who you are no matter and, who and, you are. and yeah. what
1: your life looks like on that given day.
0: Right. And so that's why, you know, when we think about a new heaven and a new earth, we think about a new body. The whole point is God's going to give us a body that does not inhibit the purity of our soul and the holiness of who mm-hmm. God is making us to be. So I, I'm, I personally can't wait to get to heaven, get a new body, a uh, new earth. It's going to be great. And, um, uh, right now, you know, we're just seeing the realities of sin. Um, and I think I can't tell you all the details. I can't tell you how God does everything he does with someone in dementia. I can say this, we trust him. We know that he's good and he never forsakes those who are his.
1: Absolutely. And so when we look at specific scriptures that speak to that, we're going to link those on the Q&A podcast Facebook page with a link that will give a list and a rundown of scriptures that really speak to those realities, those realities of the Lord being the one who watches over us as the one who cares for us. One particular connection that I found very interesting as I was really mining God's word for these concepts was found all throughout the book of Isaiah there's a lot about peace in that book. And there's a definite, very strong connection between peace and trust. And so when we trust in the Lord, that that is what brings peace. And so what I loved as I looked at these different references is that the Lord is the one doing all of the action to bring us the peace. And so even in those times when our mind and our bodies can't pursue that, Philippians 4 talks about thinking in these different ways, and that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus and bring about peace. In those times when our minds aren't able to be controlled, we are able to look at the Lord and be able to see, okay, he is the one who, it says, leads us in peace. That He is the one who establishes peace. He is the one who's covenanted with us. And that really goes back to our mind and the peace
0: connection. Mm. So keep going. This is good. What else can you share that would help our audience process this?
1: So I think another very important point in my experience working with people who have dementia and also reading Dr. Mast's experience.
0: Is that the doctor you referenced earlier? Correct. Okay.
1: He said one of the things that is very common in people who have some form of dementia is the concept of procedural and emotional memories. And so people who have these memory problems, it tends to be your short-term memory that has a problem holding in new information. Most people in these situations can talk about their childhood. They can talk back to things that are in their long-term memory. And so what we see is things that people have done throughout the course of their life, often, it's not a guarantee, carry through into their life even now with dementia. For example, spiritual disciplines. That is something that is seen largely by people continuing to carry that out. And I think one of the things that I would encourage everyone is twofold. If you are not in God's word hiding it in your heart so that it holds fast into the crevices of your heart, no matter what circumstances come into your life now, you probably cannot expect it to be holding fast in your heart in the crevices then. So we need to take every opportunity that we have now to be filling our mind with truth, to be filling our heart with truth, so that it has the opportunity to be the fodder for our thinking and for our conversation Then, just as it is now.
0: So it's not a haphazard thing. It's a part of our long-term who we are. It's
1: a procedural memory. It's something that we're so used to doing. It is a habit. It is a joy. And it is something that is a part of us. Those things are much more difficult to remove from someone than things that have just been haphazardly happened in their lives.
0: I just had a conversation yesterday with our daughter two days ago. She's getting ready for wanna, You know, they have to memorize all these verses. And, And so she says, let me see it. I'll read it. And then I'll tell it to you. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I want you to go memorize all of them, hide them in your heart, and then come back and tell them to me. And she said, well, I need to read it before I do it. I said, no, that's that's not really the point. The point is not that you can read it and then regurgitate it five seconds later. The point is that it's in you, so it doesn't go away. Everything in her wanted to take the easy route Mm -hmm. out. She's like, look, I want to get this book done. I want to get this day done. This is the most efficient. But that's a huge difference. You know, like a lot of us want to just get through the moment or through the discipline. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between getting through the discipline and savoring the discipline. And when you savor it, it has the opportunity to go in deeper.
1: Absolutely. And that's
0: why, like, I'd rather have one verse I can soak in over mm-hmm. five minutes than three chapters that I'm just rushing through to get to the task. The mm-hmm. task does not put it in my long term, you know. And so just a a little illustration as we think about, like, how many of us approach scripture and how we approach sermons. Like when I sit through a sermon, I want to process it. I want to savor it. I want to take it in. I want to think through it. I don't want to just sit there. When is this going to be over? You know. But that's that's how we approach everything. You know. The more you enjoy and are fully present, the more you're able to actually put that deeper into your soul. Absolutely. But that pays back later. If it's not in your soul now, it will not be in your soul later. Mm-hmm. If it's in your mind for a moment, it can flutter away.
1: And so the second point that I think is really important is, so we have the procedural memories and that spiritual discipline and heading God's word and, like you said, digesting it and so that the truths become a part of the very fabric of your thinking.
0: Can I give an analogy? She's like a spiritual bulimic. She wants to take it in and then spit it out and then be done with it. I want her to take it in, digest it, and let it become a part of her and be nourished by it. Bam. I'm going <laughs> to use that. The second. <laughs> you just rolled your eyes yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't like using our daughter as a polemic on air. So, um, it's an analogy. Yes, you can use a rabbit then. Um, And so, (laughs) you ready to stop laughing while I'm talking? Carry on. Okay. So, the second aspect is the emotional memories. This is something that I've witnessed firsthand quite a few times. And as people with dementia reflect on their lives, as we said earlier, because it's the long term history that they can remember it's as though their memory gets stuck in these crevices of trauma and hurts that have been left undealt with. And so when we look at the spiritual connection that brings peace, one of the greatest encouragements I can give to anyone in their life now, even if dementia seems like it is a millennia away from ever affecting your personal life, or if it's someone who just has a new diagnosis of this, is to deal with the hurts that you've experienced in your life from a biblical perspective so that they can be healed and that they can no longer be something that has control over you that breeds fear inside of you that brings anxiety to you because those are not things that you want to carry with you when your mind again has lost the ability to process those the way to hide those thoughts to hide those feelings so i just encourage people greatly to deal with the hurts that you have so that they don't have to come back up and be on a repeated cycle stuck with you in that moment of hurt for a decade.
0: That's very insightful and very helpful. Um, close this out. Give us you know, one last thought.
1: So I think my final thought is just going back to what the scripture has to say about dementia. Again, it does not speak directly to it, but Romans 15, 3 is a huge encouragement for anyone who is currently facing this themselves or a caretaker of those. And it says, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him.
0: Awesome. Well, audience, I want to invite you back tomorrow, Friday, and uh, Brianne and I are going to tackle a an emotional subject amongst moms, vaccinations. Brianne, you ready to go at it? It's going to be a blast.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. Oh,
0: yay. We'll make everybody mad or happy or something in between. <laughs> See you tomorrow.